Hey, this is Michael Brewer, and this is the Love Language Podcast. And in this first episode, I'll be going over my early life and some of my early experiences. Hey, so I want to start this podcast off by getting into uh, my personal life and really giving you guys some uh, data on me, right? So um, I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I grew up on the west side of town, and that is where I had my first everything, you know, my first friends, my first fights, uh, first girlfriends, uh, first kisses there, right? Uh, everything happened in in West Phoenix for me. And uh, that's the place I do call home, you know, uh, and I really wanted to start there and really share some of the experiences I had early on in my life that really shaped and molded me into uh, what I am today. You know, and throughout this podcast, I really want to take the time to share stories uh, about myself and and really help show you guys the experiences that uh, shaped and molded me. Uh, it's kind of hard to get that all out in a uh, first episode. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to take the time um, over time with the guest and myself to really kind of share that story. Um but in starting this, um, I wanted to give you guys my first impression of love. And that, and that brings me to uh, my parents. Uh, so my parents, both Midwestern born, uh, mother from Gary, Indiana, and father from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, with family all in that area, going all the way up to uh, Chicago as well. Um, you know, so they're, they're Midwestern ba- babies there. Uh, I wanted to start off by giving you guys my first impression of uh, love and, and my first time seeing it. And it definitely starts with my parents. You know, my father and my mother uh, split at a really young age. Uh, I think I was about, uh, what, six or seven, I want to say, when they officially split. Uh, but when they were together, uh, my dad drove my mother crazy, of course, but they did love each other and they were uh, very affectionate with each other. Uh, I always remember my father coming home uh, from work. He was a uh, electrician and plumber, uh, mechanic and uh, electrical engineer. I mean, he could, he could do it all, right? Fix anything. Uh, very old school, blue collar guy. Uh, my grandfather was the same way and his father was the same way. I come from a line of uh, uh, handsmith and, and guys who are just really mechanical. Uh, but... My father, uh, who was a hardworking man, would come home every day. You know, he'd be dirty, right, uh, underneath people's homes or, you know, roofing, uh, um, fixing cars or, uh, you know, doing his electrical jobs. Um, so he'd always come home dirty. And the first thing he'd always do is, you know, kick off his boots, you know, say hey to me, give me a kiss. And then he'd walk uh, straight up to my mother uh, and hug and hold her and uh, kiss her. And uh, my father was also a drinker, uh, right? Functioning alcoholic is what we call it in our family. Uh, loved his liquor, right? Same with my grandfather. And, uh, you know, you really could never tell my dad much because he was such a hard worker and, and such a, a, you know, active guy, never lazy, you know? So you really couldn't tell him anything, right? That typical Midwestern blue collar dad. That was, that was definitely my father. 
but he would always be very affectionate towards myself, uh, my older brother as well in the house, uh, who's nine years older than me, uh, who was not his son, but uh, he loved nonetheless and helped raise. Uh, but he was always very affectionate towards my mother. And, um, you know, my mother really enjoyed that. And they were very close, although, you know, like I said, my father would drive my mother crazy uh, and we, they would have these constant fights about my father drinking or, you know, uh, my father's also a cigarette smoker. So I drove my mother crazy as my mother would, would drink maybe once every four or five years uh, and never smoked anything in her life. Right. Uh, so um, that would drive him crazy. But uh, my father was probably my first example of love uh, from a man. You know, my father was a very big, muscular guy. Uh, also, you know, very rough, right, and tough, right? Uh, you know, had that real, you know, nitty-gritty attitude, get it done, you know, do as I say uh, type of attitude with everything. And it was just very tough, very stoic, right? I mean, he... he was expressionless a lot of times with uh, things that he would do, uh, but he was, you know, uh, very expressive. Uh, always had these large mannerisms, right? Uh, my mother and father both talked with their hands, but my dad was very, you know, wide with that range and, and can make you feel uncomfortable sometimes. But uh, my dad was also very sweet. Um, you know, always had his guard up, known to carry a gun, right? Uh, taught me how to shoot and and, and uh, protect myself uh, as well, uh, especially I got into my later years. But, um, you know, very manly, right? That uh, manly man, I had that in my house, you know, um, and that was definitely my father. But he was very sweet, uh, very kind, uh, very gracious, uh, charming, uh, um, and just, and it would clean up really well, you know, you could go from, you know, being dirty and hands greasy and oily and, you know, dirt on your face and on your hat and, uh, clean up really well into a nice Sunday suit, right? Three piece suit with, with all the fixings, everything there. That was definitely my father. Uh, but he was, you know, very sweet towards my mother. Um, always you know, affectionate, uh, but always doing stuff for her. He really liked to go out of his way. My dad would, my dad would love to cook, so he would always cook for my mother. He would always um, buy her things. My dad, uh, we're blessed, uh, you know, to be middle class with both my mother and father around. My dad made uh, pretty good money, I'd say, as an electrician. He was very hardworking and had employees as well at times in his life, so he, he did well, you know, in my early years. Um, so he would provide things for us and for her and he would, and he would spoil, you know, and, and, uh, get us stuff around the house and, and particularly my mother. Um, so I always got to see my father do that. And that really, um, carried with me throughout my life as I got into my own relationships and began to, uh, take on the sense of a provider, um, right away, you know, even at a young age, 15 and 16, where you've got no business doing that, <laughs> right? Uh, but even at a young age, when you have teenage girlfriends, I always thought that was the best way to express love as a man um, by being affectionate uh, in public. My father was good for that. He was always good for being affectionate in public. Um, so I would do the same. And I 
suffered uh, quite a few suspensions, actually, throughout life. I can remember one coming in eighth grade uh, for, you know, uh, performing an act with a girl in the bathroom. And and, <laughs> and I that was my first one. And then uh, I remember getting in trouble again uh, my junior year after school and uh, catching a, a suspension there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my, my thing. I got that from my father, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was, you know, another thing I got from him nonetheless. And so, you know, with my father being so affectionate to my mother, uh, I was the same way towards everyone uh, I've met. Uh, starting, you know, in eighth grade uh, with my very first uh, serious girlfriend, I'd say, um, I'm sorry, no, starting in fifth grade with one of my serious girlfriends, right, my first serious uh, childhood girlfriend. Uh, and I remember us taking a field trip to a roller rink. And, um, you know, it was fun, of course, uh, but I remember us taking the school bus and myself uh, deciding to sit next to her and finally make a move, right? Uh, so we went to the back of the bus, I sat next to her, and as on our way back from the roller rink, I remember, uh, you know, kissing this girl in fifth grade. We're both, we're both kids, right? And uh, putting my hands in places they didn't need to be as a, as a fifth grader and uh, getting the early suspension uh, there. So that was my first one. Uh, had something very similar happen in eighth grade uh, after school in junior high, getting caught in an alley with a uh, girl. Uh, and then again, my junior year, <laughs> uh, outside of school as well, I, I, I was a headache for my mother. It was, it was girl crazy, and uh, the PDA was one thing I saw my father do, so it was something I always did and got in trouble for continuously, <laughs> right? Uh, more than anything in, in my life, I got in more trouble for uh, girls than anything. Uh, them calling the house, uh, you know, as a child, um, starting really early, me sneaking away and trying to talk to girls on the phone all night and things like that, and then sneaking through windows. You guys, you guys know how that goes. But uh, you know that public affection and then I got from my dad really carried with me uh, throughout my life, and uh, even still to this day, I, I'm very affectionate and uh, I like to love in public. You know, I'm a big believer in that and being proud of that and don't see anything wrong with that myself. So I uh, definitely got that from my father. Then we have my mother. So my mother, uh, who's no longer with me now, uh, bless her heart, she was a great person. She was uh, a nerd, right? She was, she was brilliant, uh, but very nerdy, I, I always say, you know, very, very nerdy. Uh, didn't drink uh, didn't smoke, uh, you know, was a fantastic orator and very social, but didn't party, uh, wouldn't be caught at any event other than a church, a Sunday group, you know, or, uh, uh, an event with the city. She was very into public affairs and, uh, in, in being a part of, um, youth movements and church movements and public movements, um, helping out any way she can. Uh, my mother, you know, from Gary, Indiana, uh, grew up right by the Jacksons, actually. Um, she, you know, had a, a pretty hard upbringing, you know. Um, 
as you know, um, my mother born in 53. So as you guys know about Gary, Indiana at that time, it was a very rough place. Um, and she experienced a lot of things from racism to uh, crack and drugs early on uh, through my grandmother and uh, a lot of things. You know, I, I always, even as a kid, I always looked at my mother as a source of comfort and a source of, you know, love. But I always saw, you know, this deep pain in my mother's eyes, I would always say, you know, and I would always talk about it, but no one really would bring it up or really, you know, give me, give any credence to what I'd bring up and, and say there uh, because my mother was such a sweet person and, and, and very uh, together, right? Very grounded in the way she approached people. And she was known as the shoulder for many of her peers, coworkers, friends, um, and the students uh, she was around. Um, but she, you know, had a lot of uh, pain in her eyes, and I always saw it. And, and I knew it was her experiences. And I always tried to get things out of it, uh, get these stories out of her before she passed uh, when I was uh, 17. But she, you know, would tell me a lot of different things from seeing... Um, you know, our our my grandmother, her mother, do drugs at a very very early age as crack and things like that really hit. Uh, my mother was a gymnast and and really good, uh, a regional champion in her area, and one that um, and she she wanted to go to the Olympics actually and uh, had a chance to try out for a team that would then go on to nationals to then try out. Um, and my mother swore that she would have made that national team. Uh, my mother was extremely athletic, uh, tiny lady, right? Five foot, uh, you know, got a body built and um, gymnast, right? The full scope, full thing, right? Um, and you watch Gabby Douglas and people like that now uh, who are about the same size as my mother. Um, it really gets me there. But uh, she swore she would make the Olympics, right? And she would always tell me um, how our grandmother, um, my grandmother, I'm sorry, her mother wouldn't let her go and try out. Um, and it was due to the drug episodes and, and, and things that she had going on in her life um, and losing money, uh, selling things in the house. Uh, you guys know how that goes in order to you know, look for money uh, to purchase more drugs. Um, so that really took an effect on my mother and it's a story she always brought up to me. Um, and that was very painful for her, but, uh, she always would bring that up and talk about the disconnect, uh, that she had with her mother starting there. Um, and it was a great and peaceful life and up until that point, And she would tell me that, uh, you know, coming into her early teens, she didn't feel any love in the house. Uh, she was one of many sisters. Um, they all got along and loved each other, but, uh, didn't feel any love from her parents. Um, and so that carried, I think, with my mother throughout her life um, as she moved away from her family in Gary um, into Arizona, uh, right? And uh, where I was born and raised and um, raised me out there. But so she was alone quite a bit, um, uh, even more so until meeting my father. Uh, in Arizona. 
and having children. Um, but she was very alone, a, a loner, you know, a true loner. Um, and, you know, we talk about these mental health things and, and, thing, and things of that nature now. I can only imagine some of the things my mother um, had gone through for being alone and uh, so distant from family and friends um, and trying to make something of herself and then traveling, you know. Um, but she was a uh, teacher in Phoenix uh, and a very good one, uh, elementary school teacher, um, you know, as sweet as they come. Um, I, my childhood, I always remember my mother sitting at her table and doing lesson plans, uh, and doing all kinds of different things for her kids. She was always going the extra mile. She was one that cared, you know, um, in, in, in putting together activities for the kids. Um, of course, she didn't make any money, right? Uh, uh, and so all the money she ever made, um, she put right back into the kids, which sucked <laughs> as her son, right? Uh, but it was great. Uh, taught me to be a giver. And uh, I watched her um, do everything for the kids that uh, she had in her classroom. And it was a true testament to her success as a teacher um, later on in life. Uh, as I ran into former students of her, some I knew, uh, some I didn't know at all and recognized me. Um, and they all had such great stories and uh, talked about my mother being a great influence in their life. Uh, I've had a couple girls in, um, come up to me about uh, a few years back now telling me about how they are teachers now because of my mother as well. So that's very exciting. And I think that's a, a testament to uh, her success. Um, but, you know, she was a giver in that sense. And so she would, uh, around the house, she was always doing whatever she can for myself, uh, my older brother, or my father. Uh, and so I always had a very loving house um, early on in my life, I would say. And my parents, uh, although they were big, would bigger, uh, they, they really loved each other and uh, really expressed it and showed it. And and I really got to see that uh, very early on. Um, now, my parents then went on to split um, as I was about seven years old. And father moved back to Indiana. Mother stayed in Arizona, raised me and my older brother. Um, and, you know, she did so alone, you know, and didn't remarry until about uh, almost 10 years later. Um, and... So, you know, my my mother was that typical, you know, single mom with two boys and uh, she did it all and, and she did a great job, you know, and um, she taught us a lot about being uh, rich in spirit, you know, uh, taught us a lot about being a helper and a giver and, uh, you know, obtaining happiness through doing those things as well. So then, you know, fast forward to... Uh, my teenage life, I, then I had my very first girlfriend. And then I really wanted to get into this and talk about her because this is uh, an important one for me. So I grew up um, at a great school, a school called Cordova. Um, and I was fortunate to grow up with the same kids, uh, same group of kids from kindergarten uh, all the way through eighth grade. Right, my kindergarten class that I started with, a class of like thirty, I ended up graduating with. Uh, I'd say about 
16, you know, those kids, a little over half of those kids ended up graduating with. So we were together for quite some time. Uh, it was a pretty big school, you know, hundreds of kids around. Um, and it was at that school I met my first girlfriend. Um, now I had, uh, other childhood girlfriends and girls you buy rings for, uh, girls you kiss and hug and you share notes with and things like that, right? But uh, my first real girlfriend uh, came in junior high, uh, Monique. Uh, Monique was something, you know, um, very, very, very special girl. She uh, is brilliant. Uh, she's tough as nails. I mean, fierce, uh, curly, curly hair, uh, you know, uh, mulatto girl, you know, half uh, Latino, half Mexican, half uh, black, um, with all the attitude in the world. I mean, she was uh, a mean girl, you know, she was the epitome of that. She had all of that, all the sass, all the everything, right? Uh, she was somebody that you didn't want to you know, have an issue with. She she would and you know her thing was the headbutt, you know, and I seen it and uh also uh took one in our <laughs> in our relationship as well in uh our young adult life. But uh yeah, she was she was something, man. She was definitely something. Uh but she was probably the nicest and caringest person in my life probably ever, up up to now probably ever, uh, even more so than, you know, family and, and friends and parents. And yeah, I mean, you name it, I could count on this girl for absolutely anything. And she was there for everything. And she, it wasn't, you know, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. We went through, went through it all. Um, we met in junior high, um, over MySpace, <laughs> Believe it or not, even though we went to school together uh, and we were around each other, she, I was an eighth grader. She was a uh, seventh grader. She was in uh, junior high, too, as well. Um, and didn't, you know, we saw each other, didn't really uh, say much, didn't really think much. I don't think either of us did. Um, and, and, and it was just that, you know, your kids not worrying about any of that kind of other stuff. Um, I'm more concerned with getting to high school. You know, I was a club basketball guy, so I loved hooping around and. Uh, I loved uh, doing my travel ball and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't really concerned with uh, girlfriends too much. You know, girl, I girl chased, but, you know, I, I was trying to make it to the NBA, right? <laughs> so I wasn't too concerned. Um, and she was extremely brilliant, uh, trying to figure things out herself with her career uh, at a young age as well. Um, very headstrong. And, um, you know... We went to school together, but didn't end up talking until the very last day of school as I was getting ready to leave, right? Um, it was, you know, literally the bell had rang. Uh, it was the very last day of school. I'm out of class um, saying bye to everybody. You know, we're going to go to the park. I think some kids were going to go fight, right? I think uh, we were also planning a party, right? All the things little 13, 14-year-old bad kids do, right? So, um as I'm leaving and I'm, I'm about to leave the gate, I finally said all my last goodbyes, um, told my teachers goodbyes, uh, took the last two or three pictures, you know, I'm, I'm headed out the gate and here comes uh, this girl here, right? And here comes Monique. 
haven't said a word to each other. We have mutual friends, uh, but never said a word. And she walks straight up to me. She gets probably, you know, six to ten inches from my face. Like, she got all the way in my face. I still remember this. And, uh, and like, in a joking way, right? And she says, hey, you know, can you sign my yearbook? And so I never talked to this girl or whatever, you know, out of like. I think I'm hot stuff, right? I'm the hot eighth grade basketball captain, best guy around, and fastest guy, right? So I, you know, I'm like, why should I sign your yearbook? You know, and I tell her that jokingly, still, of course. And she laughs and she shoves this thing right in my hands and she says, sign it, right? And so I laughed and I handed her my yearbook and I asked her if she'd sign as well. And she said, yes, and we signed. And, uh, you know, we exchanged um, contact info there, right? And then said, hey, bye, you know, see you soon. Uh, but also left uh, our names there and our numbers there, right? So didn't call it, didn't didn't bother anything, you know. Uh, she didn't call me, I didn't call her, anything like that. Um, and, you know, two weeks later, here comes this... Uh, new big thing in our house. My brother's got a brand new computer, right? Uh, brother who's nine years older than I am um, is, is, is uh, getting ready to uh, try to pursue a professional career now and do something uh, with his life at you know the age of 20. He's bouncing around doing his own thing, but we've got this new computer that comes into the house. We've got our new dial-up internet that's a little bit faster uh, right now. I think it's modem-based now then. Um, so out comes this new thing, um, MySpace, right? And, uh, it's this socializing platform where, you know, people get on and they, uh, play music and try and get an audience or, um, would socialize, right? And of course me coming out of eighth grade at 13, 14, you know, we're using it to socialize with friends, look cute, right? Coming into high school and all that kind of stuff, right? So... Here comes this new MySpace. I say, hey, I'm going to make one so I could keep in touch with my friends. And I think I had been on there maybe a week before here comes this incoming DM, right? It is this message. And I open it and it's Monique again, right? The same girl who asked me uh, about my yearbook and signed it. And uh, she tells me, you know, she says, hey, what's up? And she tells me... Um, what do I got planned for this summer? And so I was like, you know, okay, well, hey, uh, you know, I'm good and I'm, I'm going to work rec. Uh, I always would volunteer or do um, staffing at rec centers. Um, in my summertime, I was a big believer in those. My mother always put me in rec centers. Um, and so I, you know, grew up eating school lunch and then trying, my mother's trying her best to keep me at school and around school activities as long as I can avoid any trouble, right? So I was a big believer in that. Um, so I told Monique, hey, I'm going to work rec um, at Cordova where we went to school and I'll be there, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five, right? Uh, we're going to have field trips, all that kind of stuff. You should come, right? Come hang out and come see me. She says, well, no, I go to the other rec. It's a rival rec, right, down the school at a school named uh, Barcelona. It's a rival uh, school of ours, right? Um, and so I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. And so another t 
two weeks goes by, and then she messages me again on uh, MySpace and says, "Hey, are you going to be uh, at you know Pack today? Uh, Pack is the program name." Um, you know, I said, yeah, I'll be there. Definitely, uh, you should come by. I'm about to leave my house now. It's really early. I remember, um, I so my father, since a young age, has always taught me to wake up early in the morning and be proactive and, and get a set schedule. He would wake up at 4 a.m. every day uh, to go do his work. So it's a habit that I kept with me. And um, so I would happily, which is crazy for you know kid, a kid to say, but I'd happily get up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, but I specifically remember Monique messaging me at like six in the morning, right? And it surprised me because even now I don't meet too many people who get up that early with me <laughs> now, you know? So uh, I remember that really surprising me and shocking me and, and me really acknowledging that. And then uh, so she messages me at uh, 6 a.m. and says, you know, are you going to be there today? I tell her I'm going to be there. And she decides to come down and come down and see me. And uh she comes down and uh, about lunchtime, and I didn't expect her to come. I didn't think anything of it. Um, and she shows up, and she's got her two friends with her, right? Her two best friends, and they've rode their bikes right from the house down to the school. And she had on these uh, flip flops. I remember these colorful sandals. These uh, ugly. Uh, colorful socks, uh, toe socks, I believe they're called, you know, they're rainbows and sparkles and, oh yeah, they were, they were hideous, right? And she's got these really, like, fat sweatpants on, like, scruffy, you know, just got out of bed, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, hairs everywhere type, uh, uh, pants on, right? These, uh, um, sweats on and then she's got this uh crop top muscle shirt on right that white one still remember um and then she's got these like a beanie on right like a real scruffy beanie like, like a complete you know mess I'm like <laughs> look like a complete mess you know uh like just got out of bed all three of them like they just got out of bed uh look cute nonetheless right but uh look like they just got out of bed and, you know, didn't have the bed head and all that stuff, right? But uh, I still remember the attire. Just, you know, of course, I'm dressed in staff wear and all the kids are dressed, but here they come in their pajamas. So I always thought that was really funny. Uh, a funny first impression, <laughs> you know, as well. Um, but uh, she called me outside and, uh, of course, all the kids in the entire staff um, were like, who's this girl? And everybody's doing the oohs and ahs and... All that stuff, right? So I walk out there and, uh, you know, we talk and she says hi and her friends are there and uh, I could see her sweating and, and nervous, right? Um, so I'm feeling, you know, pretty good about myself, right? And then I was shocked and I, I just remember the bravery I, I couldn't help but admire, right? And her coming to me, you know, you really don't see that too often with women approaching men, um, even now so. Uh, but as a kid, I just remember her her making this effort and riding this bike and then messaging me and, and different things around her relationships always put in her effort, right? And uh, so I remember that really impressing me, but we were talking outside um, and as we got going, um, I remember her telling me that she uh, 
saw me during the school year and always wanted to talk to me and just never did, right? It was one of those things. She mentioned to me about uh, maybe us hanging out sometime or figuring out some way to meet up at the uh, um, the pools in the area, right? The it, we're, you know I'm from Phoenix. It gets real hot during the summer. The big thing is the pools, right? The public pools. We are always there. Um, I know growing up that was the thing, right? That was where all the boys and girls met up. You could flirt. Uh, we had uh, Sandlot like things with people faking drowning and kissing. You know, we we had that there at our pools as well, our neighborhood pools. So she was trying to, you know, talk to me and get me and convince me to come down there and meet her there or see if we could plan something. So I told her um, I would, right? Just pick a day and then I will take off from where I'm at and end up um, meeting you there. And so the plan was set. Um, we, I was excited. I'm sure she was excited. Uh, we planned it for about a week out. Right. And I thought this was uh, so funny that we I remember we pushed it a week out. And so her and I began to just talk on MySpace uh, in the meantime. Right. Here we are. These kids were messaging in between, uh, <laughs> you know, our, our schedules um, late at night, early in the morning as eighth graders were allowed to get on the Internet. Um, and so, you know, here we are messaging back and forth. And I was supposed to go then meet her, but my best friend at the time uh, was a rich kid. His name's David. Um, he was, so here I'm this poor kid, and he was a rich kid, right? And it was one of those things where at a young age, I really didn't grasp how wealthy his family was until I got uh, older. Um, I just knew that, hey, they were just probably a little better off than we were, uh, but... It, no, they were wealthy, you know, parents, multimillionaires. Um, mother was a famous writer um, who, you know, became like a, a mother to me as well. I uh, call her my godmother now, wrote uh, a lot of tax books books, um, and, and did a lot of work with uh, a lot of other um, Wall Street tax guys um, as well. Very, very accomplished, um, but a wealthy family um, nonetheless. And so... He was getting ready to take off to San Diego and for a vacation. And, you know, he was my new friend. Um, we played basketball together on our, on our club team. Um, you know, a very good friend of mine um, invited me to San Diego. And so, and he's like, well, hey, we're going to be gone like, you know, three weeks. Man, this is a long time. And so, of course, I'm 14 years old. Um, I've been to California one time uh, as a kid, and of course now I, I'm 14, right? I feel like an adult, <laughs> right? Uh, but I could enjoy it, and I'd be going for three weeks, and I knew that his family was going to have like the best villa and you know all that kind of good stuff, right? So here I was with a decision to make, <laughs> and it was either pass up on this uh, first girlfriend, right, this uh, uh, Monique, um, and head out of town to San Diego. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember taking a few days to think about it and then turning back and telling Monique, hey, I'm, I'm going to San Diego. 
Uh, you know, we don't, you know, I, I wasn't again thinking about love. Uh, this girl was a cute girl, but just another girl. I like this one more than the others, but just another girl, right? I, I want to go to San Diego and go to the beach and uh, go shoot some hoops down there. His de- you know, uh, uh, his mom said we were going to go scuba diving. So there's no, no, there's no way, right? It, <laughs> no way I'm staying for that. So uh, I left. Uh, but when I got there, um, not only did we have a villa, you know, we had a villa in Mission Beach. Uh, it was beautiful. Um, I had never been on the beach. I always loved the water, uh, but I never got to experience that. Uh, you know, his parents took a scuba diving. Um, we went kayaking, uh, you know, it was, it was an amazing time. I'd never done, um, those type of outdoorsy things, you know, as, as a kid growing up where I was at and then transitioning to that. And I mean, they had a maid there and now that was, it was amazing, right? It was an amazing time. Um, but you know, from the time we got there until the time I left, my friend had a laptop, and then you know that was it was a little rare at that time, um, especially for anybody our age at fourteen years old. I didn't know anybody else but him with a Mac, right, an Apple laptop at that. Like iPods had just came out and all that kind of stuff, so uh, he had it all, right. So um, I was able to use his computer, and and what did I do? I got on MySpace, right. I wanted to post pictures of San Diego. And also, uh, stay in touch with friends. It's still summertime, right? Um, and I was gone from the rec center, so I wanted to stay in touch with a few friends. And, and uh, the first day I'm out there, who was the message from? My first message, uh, and it's Monique, right? She's saying, hey, how's your trip? How's it going? Did you make it? You know, uh, how's the water? And she's, you know, cracking jokes and all that. And I'm like, you know, wow, like, this girl's on me, right? This girl's on my case. Uh, and so her and I talked this whole trip and over my space at, at that, right. And, uh, I really enjoyed everything she messaged. She was great. Um, we, we talked on my space every single day, you know, and that was, uh, I know different at that time. Um, but I had never talked to anybody over the internet, <laughs> Like that, and uh, I never talked to a girl um, like that that much and that often, right? Um, and so, when I got back, you know, I told her, I, I you know, I, I thought to myself, I better actually make a move. Now I'm kind of liking this girl now, right? She's really funny, she's smart, um, and she cares, right? She messaged me the whole time I was gone. Um, and so I told her, Hey, uh, I want to see you. And I, and I, I remember saying that, and, and even at a young age, you know, I, I listened to all the R&B music, right? I, I, I was all into that. I thought I had a little game and I was a little slick talker, right? I, I, I you know, <laughs> so I told her, um, you know, I want to see you. I just got back. Uh, let's go to Melrose, right? Which was with the pool. Let's go meet up at the pool. And so sure enough, she messaged me. She was happy I was back. And she's like, yeah, let's do it, you know? Um, And so I was supposed to go down there with a friend of mine um, 
which was a few days after I came back, but he ended up not being able to go. His mother wouldn't let him leave the house, right? So um, I think he didn't do the dishes or, you know, something like that. So mother wouldn't let him leave. Here I was to go alone. She had her three friends. So um, instead of then going to Melrose, I messaged her and said, hey, I'll take the bus down there to see you, um, like, by your house. We can meet up by your house. And... She was okay with that, right? She said, uh, I wanted to go swimming, but hey, we'll, we'll meet up by my house instead. So we met up by the house. Um, her and I began to talk. And we began to really get to know each other. Um, and that led up to that day, um, us kissing, right? And that was uh, the first time I had ever... Kissed. I had other. I had kissed other girls and and gotten in trouble as a kid, right? Uh, but that was the first time I had uh, kissed and felt that I liked this person. Like this was a affectionate kiss with it was a kiss with intent. This was, this was possessive. This person is my girlfriend, right? This is the first time I had ever felt that feeling. Like I kissed a girl that I'm going to want to kiss again tomorrow, right? Or want to be with tomorrow, uh, that that kind of thing. I don't know, that kind of thing, right? So, um, yeah, that, you know, and that that was a great day. I remember knowing that I was going to be with this girl and something was going to come of this. This was not going to be the only kiss and we were going to be together. Like, this is this was going to be my girlfriend. Um, you know, and, and and long story short, her short her, her and I went on to date for years. Um, date from junior high uh, throughout high school um, into our early uh, college years. But um, she was, you know, amazing the whole time. Um, but I always remember her being so patient and. and being very loving, always being there, a uh, fantastic communicator. Uh, she had a temper, you know, um, <laughs> and her, her siblings really pissed her off. And I got to see that throughout life a lot, uh, especially hanging out at the house. So she had a great big temper. Uh, but she, no matter what, was always very talkative to me and uh, very warm towards me. And then, you know, was a fantastic girlfriend growing up. Nothing but great things to say about her, you know. Uh, she, she was just great, you know, a great, great girl. We uh, were together for quite some time, so that was that was fantastic. She was awesome. Um, we went through it all together, you know. Uh, her, her parents fell under bad health um, due to drugs, you know, from. <laughs> Almost the beginning to the the end of our relationship, uh, we dealt with that issue. So, she was she was tough, man. She'd been through a lot, and uh, tougher than I was, man. I, I couldn't believe some of the things that she was able to pull through, um, especially with, you know, although I only had my mother in the household, I still felt loved and still had a relationship with my father, you know, a thousand miles away. Um, so I always felt like I had both my parents and, and she did as well in the household actually, but, uh, you know, going through those things and the addictions and things, it's like they weren't there. Right. So, 
she was man. She went through it all, and she was she was just tough. She was definitely the rock, you know. And in in our relationship, she was the one. Um, and she, uh, you know, amazing girl. Uh, amazing girl. That was my everything. Uh, went through a lot of different things together, and proms, and all that kind of good stuff. She was she was amazing. Um, we went on to date for years uh, from the time I was. Uh, in junior high, up until the time I was uh, got got out of high school into our college years, um, with us finally splitting, um, you know, right before the age of twenty, twenty twenty one, um, and it was at that time where we had split, and I had actually ended up moving uh, back out of state to uh, Illinois. And that brings me to the next chapter of my life. In the next episode, I'll go over my early adult life in Illinois and some of the experiences I had there. This is the Love Language Podcast. Good day, mama. Safe to take a step out. Get some in now. Let your edge out. To some ice, you'll be high.